0: Hi, everyone. want to welcome you. And man, I want to thank you for your prayers and your support. Uh, last couple weeks, I've been homesick with COVID. Both Tammy and I were sick. And, you know, we have had the full experience of 2020 at this point. And I was um, got my negative results a couple days ago. And, and Tammy got tested. We're still waiting to hear, but we're pretty sure that she's going to be negative as well. And just Thank you all so much for your support through this time. I really appreciate all of you. You know, every time we come to this time of year, uh, we we turn back to the stories of baby Jesus' birth from the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. And I I love both of those Gospels so much. And, And the thing is, they each tell the same story, but they focus on different perspectives of that story, where Luke will talk about the birth from Jesus' mother, Mary's perspective. Matthew really focuses on Joseph's story in the midst of the birth. And and the deal is, if you read both of these stories together, you just learn so much. Luke's story starts out in in Mary's hometown of Nazareth, where Matthew, he tells us about Joseph's story, And, and Joseph was about 80 miles away in what we know is the little town of Bethlehem. Now, Luke tells us right after the angel Gabriel went to Mary, announced the birth, that she went all by herself. She went to see her cousin Elizabeth, who the angel said was also pregnant. And that's important, and it's a huge critical bridge between Matthew and Luke because, you know, like I said, Luke starts out in Nazareth with Mary. And Joseph is about 80 miles away in Bethlehem. And the story of Mary's journey to see her cousin Elizabeth, it really brings those two stories together. Because traditionally Elizabeth lived in a town called Ein Karim. And that was just a couple miles away from Bethlehem. But, but it was about nine days journey, nine days walk from Nazareth. and. Luke tells us that Mary stayed with her cousin Elizabeth for three months, just a couple miles away from Bethlehem where Joseph was at. And we talked about those three months last week and the likelihood that Mary and Joseph would have had quite a bit of conversation over those three months. I mean, that's the first trimester of her pregnancy. Even though they came from towns about 80 miles away, For three months, they were very close, Mary and Joseph, only a couple miles apart while she stayed with her cousin. Now, Matthew tells us that Joseph, when he learned that Mary was pregnant, he planned to dismiss her quietly, it says in Matthew. Meaning he wasn't going to make a scene about it, but he just wanted out of the wedding. Now that all changed when the angel came to Joseph in a dream and he told him all about God's plans. And after the dream, Joseph decided he would take Mary as his wife, that he would raise Jesus as his own son. Now you can make an educated guess. Uh, Mary was probably around five months pregnant when they were married. And Luke tells us the couple decided to stay in Nazareth. Now that's very strange. In their world... A new couple, they were supposed to move in with the husband's family, and they would stay there until they could afford their own home. So they should have moved in with Joseph's family over in Bethlehem right after the wedding. It's not too far a stretch to assume that Mary's pregnancy didn't sit well with Joseph's family in Bethlehem. They may not have had the option of moving in with his parents in their home. And that really could have been the reason they decided to stay in Nazareth. The stories don't come out and tell us exactly what was going on there, uh, but they didn't go to Bethlehem once they were married. Luke is very clear that they went to Nazareth after they were married. Now the upside there is, if Mary was five months pregnant, um, her mother could have helped her through the pregnancy. That would be a blessing for Mary, right? But the main point I want us to hear, Mary and Joseph traveled nine days from Bethlehem to Nazareth, and they stayed there while they were waiting the birth of Jesus in Nazareth. But that all changed in the ninth month of Mary's pregnancy. Both Luke and Matthew, very clear. Joseph takes Mary to Bethlehem in the nine month of her pregnancy. And then Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Why would he take a nine month pregnant girl on a trip that would normally take nine days walking when she's pregnant? Well, because Roman soldiers came to town and they announced The emperor was calling a census. Everyone was to go to their hometown. Pregnant or not, it didn't matter. They had to leave Mary's hometown of Nazareth and they had to travel to Joseph's hometown of Bethlehem. Romans didn't care about a peasant pregnant girl. This was the emperor's decree. So why a census? That's actually really easy. It was because of taxes. Everyone had to return to the location of their family's estate so their wealth would be assessed for taxes. Joseph's portion of his family estate in Bethlehem. Mary was his wife. They had to return to his hometown of Bethlehem. So what do you think nine-month pregnant Mary was feeling as she traveled back to Bethlehem? I mean, that trip, like I said, would normally take nine days walking, depending on the road you took. It could even take 10 days. Well, like I said earlier, we don't know what terms the couple were on with Joseph's family, but we know his family did not take them in when they came back to Bethlehem. There was no room in the inn. They had to stay in the stables. Mary had to give birth where the animals ate and slept. I mean, put that into perspective. Nine months back, the angel comes and announces his birth to, to Mary, and she prayed in joy, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because he has done great things for me. I'm thinking pregnant hormones and the stress of this whole thing would have brought about a little bit different prayer as she and Joseph were traveling that road from Nazareth back to Bethlehem. And I'm sure in the midst of tears, you know, her prayer was something closer to God, where are you? You asked me to bear this child. I agreed. Here I am, the handmaiden of the Lord. Remember what I said, God, I took on the shame. I gave up the dream for this perfect marriage and, and we rushed through the wedding and I ignored the looks and the whispers of the townspeople and Joseph's family. Poor Joseph. His family turned their back on him when they found out I was pregnant. And I can't even have my baby at home with my mother in Nazareth. I have to give birth in a stable, and it's because the Romans want to tax us? What's going on, God? Why is this happening? Why? Why aren't you protecting me, God? How can you let these things happen? You know, those are the same questions I've heard people ask all through 2020. The pandemic, the riots, the election, the economy, people's jobs, businesses closing. I mean, I feel like our nation's getting ripped apart, just divided. What's going on, God? Why is this happening, God? Why aren't you protecting us? How can you let this happen? We're like Mary. I mean, She couldn't even control the place she was going to give birth to. And her family, her mother, would have been forced to stay home in Nazareth for the same reason. I mean, she couldn't travel with Mary. To help her in her time of need. And we know how this works because we're experiencing it ourselves right now. We think we're in control and the bottom falls out and we realize that control we thought was just an illusion. You know, one of the many things that this story teaches us is that the most difficult parts of Mary's journey those are the parts of the story that have given just generation after generation of disciples hope I mean, century after century. We have read these stories and found hope because of these questions like what's going on, God, where are you, God? Why is this happening? God, why aren't you protecting us? God, how can you let this happen? Those aren't just 2020 questions. Those are questions that have been asked by every generation since Mary. I mean, war, economic depression, illness, divorce, loss, grief, pandemics, economic devastation. I mean, these things have happened over and over and over again since Mary journeyed from Nazareth to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. They're not just Mary's questions. I mean, these these are human condition questions, right? And when we really sit with them, just like Mary, we're going to see how God has been with us through the whole journey, walking through the valley with us, carrying us when we don't even realize it. I mean, the deeper we reflect on these stories, the more we realize Mary, she experienced setback after setback on this journey toward the manger in Bethlehem. But God was with her all the way. And it completely changed how she experienced every one of those setbacks. Same thing can happen to us in 2020. I want us to be clear, God did not intentionally give Mary all of these experiences, you know, so she'd grow stronger or so she'd learn something from them. But God was able to bring incredible hope and meaning out of every one of those setbacks. And he forced every one of these events to be used for his purposes. And of course, Mary grew stronger as she relied on God in the midst of this journey. I mean, the difference is the imperative. But much more important, every part of this story, every single stepback, every single tragedy became a tool for God's purposes. Because God is greater than any tragedy. And God can force tragedy, God can force evil to work for his purposes. I mean, take this Roman census, for example. You know, that was for taxes. But because of the census, Jesus was born in the city of David, the place the prophets had foretold long ago. This would be the birthplace of the Messiah. The Savior of Israel would come from this town. We don't have time to detail the whole journey, but every step of the way, God was there, taking care of Mary as she journeyed from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I mean, just in the geography itself, it was like she was walking through the story of Israel, how God had worked through Mary's ancestors, the Israelites. I mean, this road from Nazareth to Bethlehem, uh, it was known as the way of the patriarchs. And the earliest stories of the Old Testament, they took place on this very road that she traveled on. As Mary journeyed to give birth to the Savior of the world, she would have passed by the very places that God had been faithful to her ancestors in all kinds of hardship and difficulty. Like the very place that God appeared to Abraham, promised to give him land and his descendants. They would have seen the spot that that Jacob saw the angels just descending and ascending on the ladder. We call that Jacob's ladder. They would have seen where Joseph, who was the son of Jacob, where they buried his bones when they were brought back from Egypt. And Shiloh, where Joshua set up the tent and the Ark of the Covenant centuries before. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We we don't have time to walk through all of those things, but, but they walked the same ground. All of the great prophets of old had walked, Samuel and Elijah and Elisha. I mean, there's so much more. We don't have time to do it. But, but I want you to hear. Because of the Roman census, for nine days at least, I mean, she was nine months pregnant. It could have taken a lot longer than nine days. Joseph and Mary, they walked through what is called salvation history. And she was carrying the Savior in her womb. So that the salvation of the world could be born. I mean, can you imagine the conversations that Mary and Joseph would have had as they traveled, as they walked the ways God had worked in Israel's past, and they knew what God was doing? Mary was going to bear the Messiah. You know, in 2020, are we remembering the ways God has been faithful? in our own stories through the years, but also remembering how God, God has been faithful throughout the generations that have come before us. I mean, 2020 does not have a corner on the market of suffering. I think we really need to remember that and get some perspective because every single generation has had to deal with setback and suffering And God has always been faithful to those who rely upon him in the midst of their journey of suffering. And he will be for you just like he was for Mary. You know when they finally reached Bethlehem, Luke says the time came for her to deliver her child. We don't know if she was already in labor at that point, you know, but we know they had to get a place to stay. There was no room in the inn you know, what that really means is the couple couldn't stay with Joseph's family. Nine months pregnant, just off a nine, 10, who knows how many day journey, and she wasn't welcome in their family's home. Best option was a stable, place where the animals lived, place where the animals ate, place where the animals slept, the place where the animals did yep that too can you imagine even though they retrace the ways that God had been faithful to Israel throughout history giving birth in a stable could not have been the way that Mary envisioned <laughs> she would bring about God's plan can you imagine her thoughts in between the contractions? This isn't the way it's supposed to be. I mean, Mary's journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, it reminds us in, in the midst of hardship, when our plans, when our dreams don't work out like we expect them to, that God's at work in the most profound way. Because in the midst of what I'm sure were Mary's unmet expectations, God was at work redeeming the world. And God forced every one of these circumstances to work for His will. And we all know that this couldn't have been the journey Mary imagined when the angel visited her that night. There's no way this is what she would have hoped for. And it couldn't have been what she imagined. When the angel said she was going to bring birth to the savior of the world we're all going to have unexpected unwanted journeys a year ago right now what were your dreams for 2020 are there anything like we've experienced But if you think back on your life, is it just 2020? I mean, life is filled with disappointment. I mean, sorrow and pain and loss. It's not just isolated for 2020. But as we look back on those times of disappointment, you know, and and those moments of sorrow and, and in the midst of our pain, we can see God was there all along in the past, walking with us, carrying us in ways we didn't know at the time. And God's doing that right now in the midst of 2020. Mary's story teaches us this is so often, this is how God works. Mary's story is like so many places in the Bible where we learn that God walks with us in the midst of the unexpected journeys. I mean, those twists and turns, God is there. God not only walks through those times with us, but we find God brings beauty from the worst situations possible. Over and over, we're gonna take those journeys, those those unwanted journeys, and God's gonna be there walking with us, carrying us, and he's gonna redeem every one of those things in ways that we can't foresee. And we find that he's with us in ways we would never expect. I mean, do you think as Mary entered that stable that night and she started her contractions. Do you think she ever would have imagined that angels would sing? Do you think as Mary, as she suffered the embarrassment of of laying her brand new baby in a feeding trough, that shepherds would come sent by an angel? and that magi would come from the east bringing gifts. Do you think she would have ever imagined that people would gather in the midst of a pandemic several thousand years later online seeking meaning by reflecting on her story. You know the prophet Zechariah spoke to people when they were just losing hope. They were discouraged. In chapter 9, Zechariah used this phrase that I just absolutely love. And he's reminding them one day that, that God's going to send a king to deliver them. And he wrote, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare I will restore you to double. Prisoners of hope. I mean, think about that symbol, prisoners of hope. In the midst of the loss and the depression of December, 2020. Zechariah says, God's people are prisoners of hope. As God's people, we're, we're captured by hope. As God's people, we're bound hope and as God's people we're unable to escape hope and ultimately as followers of Christ we're ambassadors of hope for a world desperate in need but if we're going to share hope we have to choose hope because hope is a decision Hope's a choice. When we're faced with adversity, we're faced with life's difficulties, we're having heartache and disappointment and pain, we can choose hope. And that was Mary's story, just like it was Jesus' story, right? I mean, this is our legacy and it's our call We're all going to take journeys that we don't want to take. I mean, who doesn't want to just ship 2020 back and return it and get something else? I'm sure that's how Mary felt as she traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The story of the manger teaches us God's most profound work is done in the midst of the journeys that we don't want to take. But God can take our disappointment. God can take our, our pain and our tragedy and bring beauty from the ashes in ways we would never, ever, ever imagine. That's hope. That's what kept Mary going on her journey from Bethlehem or from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And that's what can get you through your journey right now so that we can be ambassadors How is God calling you to live in hope, but to share that hope with those around you? Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank You in the midst of the journeys, the journeys of expectation and joy, and in the midst of the journey of suffering and pain and loss, I thank You for Your presence. And I thank You that there is no tomb of sorrow that you can't penetrate. As you birthed hope in the midst of the most unexpected way. And 30 years later, in the midst of loss, you brought a resurrection. Lord, we claim as a people of hope, your presence. In your son's name, we pray. Amen.